Chuckle Buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan reporting live for duty February 6th, 2018. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. If you're new to my podcast, it would make sense because it is a new podcast. Um, I am a stand up comedian living in Toronto, Canada. I am also an actor, podcaster, recovering alcoholic, um, temporary laborer, and um, just a grateful human being. Um, I'm waking up here this morning. It's like three in the morning. I got plans to um, possibly work today um, as a temporary laborer. Or maybe I'll just go to Starbucks and eat a ginger molasses cookie. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go to a sobriety meeting. Maybe I'll work out and listen to a podcast. Who knows, man? That's the beauty of um, sobriety, and that's the beauty of my life these days. It's pretty just um, laissez-faire. Laissez-faire economics. I remember that one. Doesn't that mean the whole hum doodly doodly do? The whole dumb to dumb to dumb, yeah. Everything's pretty laissez-faire for me these days. Um, don't worry too much about nothing. But I do have a high standard. I want to be funny, and I want to be um, you know productive. But um, you know, all in my own time. I um, I went to Value Village yesterday. Do you guys have a value village near you? That's a clothing store. That's like a thrift store. And um, I went there yesterday just as a little treat. Well, let's be honest. There's a girl there that's pretty hot, and I was hoping she was working, but uh, she wasn't. But uh, as, as it happens, I was in the neighborhood anyways, and I had to get a shirt, dress shirt. I just wanted a new dress shirt, something to, you know, slap on the old flesh and bones when I go out to my sobriety meetings or if I go do a show or something. So I went and I checked it out, and I found a good one. I found a great one. It was like this, like, um, maroon or burgundy-colored dress shirt. Triple-ply cotton, very soft to the touch. Oh, it was so gorgeous. And I take it to the change room, and I try it on, and uh, I'm buttoning up the last button, and all of a sudden, the sales wench, she, like, barges into my stall, right? And she goes, oh! And I'm like, oh, hello. And she goes, oh! Sir, you got to make sure to lock the door. I'm like, why don't you fucking knock before you walk in? And she goes, dead silence on her part. And then she just walks off, right? 
And uh, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of funny, and um, the little banter was kind of loud. I'm hoping the girl in the next stall heard me, or the person in the next stall heard me. And it's just like the audacity of that, you know? And a part of me has to wonder. Um, oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, um, lock your door and fake a smile. Black History Month is here. A part of me has to wonder if that's because of black... Um, I guess, fear of black planet, as it were. Like, I wonder if some of that is that xenophobia of the black man. Because, like, you know, she intrudes on me and then, like, blames me for her intrusion. Like, that's the type of nonsense that, a, I guess you can say, a black person feels or tries to express to people or... You know what, I can only express for myself, so that's the kind of nonsense that bothers me, where it's just like, exactly that, you, she, I don't want to call it an intrusion, it was an honest mistake, but she was in the wrong, and she blames me, and she has this attitude as if I did something, not an apology, she didn't come with an apology, she didn't come with a, yeah, and I didn't even need an apology, but I mean, like, if in a just world, how are you found guilty when somebody walks in on you in a change room and exclaims, ah! oh, why don't you lock the door? Like, are you kidding me? You mental patient? It, it's a fucking change room scenario. Scenario, if I want to be in your white world. Well, if she was East Indian or something, right? But, like, then again, too, see how fucking cloaked and daggered this whole racism bullshit is? It's like, she's from a fucking country where the, sorry folks, quote-unquote, you know who, like, invaded and fucking enslaved and fucked with their country. And she still lives under that tyranny. Oh, sir, if you were a white man, maybe I could respect you, but seeing as you're not, why don't you lock the door? fucking idiot but I didn't let that get me down nobody's gonna slow me down no no I got to keep on moving I just kind of chuckled sloshed it off and um, I exited my little change booth and I went to the till and there was this Japanese lady who was working the till but she was the one who actually um, administered me into my um, change room this Japanese lady and she goes oh hi hello you, you took, you like the t-shirt? You take the t-shirt? I was like, yeah, the t-shirt was dope. And she goes, oh, okay. That'll be $7.49 with GST. And I'm like, for sure. <laughs> and I pulled out my debit card and I paid for it. And I was on my merry motherfucking way. You think I was going to let that shit bog me down? No. I got faith. And, um, but here's a nice little tidbit. Check this out. So, you know, sometimes, you know, that's the, just the fucked up neuroses of people. You know, you got racial issues, racial tensions, racial animosities amongst everybody. You know, all races feel, you know, some white person might be listening to this and being offended, you know? And I get the whole idea of like, um, you know, white guilt. You know, it's, it's got to be kind of tough for a white person, you know, like, 
to live under this like feeling that you're always some kind of uh, oppressor or you your ancestors are were capable or culpable for all sorts of bullshit and you know it's kind of far removed from the everyday white person today right like why shouldn't they have a clean slate they didn't do anything right but um it's a strange way in which we try to find harmony in society i don't know i don't know how it's ever gonna really just kind of fix itself but um you know we strive i guess but um my point being it's just kind of strange because you know racism is amongst the races as well it's not or like i guess you could say the minorities or to wor- towards their own people sometimes there's racism right this black girl right she was at the value village the thrift store yesterday right and i can notice like every time i kind of like I don't know, man. I'm a person who's aware of my surroundings. I'm not like hyper vigilant. I'm pretty vigilant, hyper vigilant. I'm very aware of where I am in society when I'm when I'm out and about. I'm not one of those people who just holy home de diddly do today, just like drift through. Like I'm not one of those people who walk down the street oblivious. Like sometimes I'll be walking down the street, and like there's some of the dumbest fucking um, yuppie yuptards just like stumbling down the street and like. It's almost as if you can sneak up behind them to try to get around them and shit. And they're just like, hoo, hoo, hoo. it's like they didn't even notice you were there. It's just like, how are you so oblivious to like a human being standing right behind you? Right. But um, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm not one of those people. I'm very aware of where I am when I'm in public and um I guess one thing I noticed yesterday at the thrift store was this black girl. And um, she was, like, mildly attractive. Like, I didn't think anything of her other than, oh, that girl's kind of cute. And then I just went about my shopping, right? And, um, but from time to time, I would look up and, like, sometimes you can feel a vibe. I don't know if you, you know, maybe it's a black thing. But sometimes you can feel a vibe when someone's watching you or you're looking at them or whatever or just... you know, you can cut it with a butter knife, the tension, right? I kind of, a couple times I glanced up and I noticed she was like, oh, she like, she like hurry, hurried her, her, um, her eye level away from me or her stare. She would like hurry it away. And she was like one of those types too, right? I heard her on the phone. She's like, I'm a lula. I'm a lula. I don't double. She was one of those types too, right? So I heard her on her cell phone, right? And a couple times I looked up and she would like hurry her her, her glance away from me. And it kind of annoyed me because it's like she's putting herself on this pedestal, you know? She's, she's making, she's implying that I'm treating her or I'm over-sexualized. Like she's implying that, I don't know, can I say what an implication is? Like, I mean, do I really know the intention of another human being? But it had this feeling like, oh, he's watching me or whatever, which I wasn't at all. You know what I mean? It's just like the, it's like she, you could tell she was keeping an eye on me or something, right? She was making me feel uncomfortable, to be honest. So towards the end of it, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the, 
I got my fucking carf stuck in my, uh, caught in my, my jacket, right? My, the zipper of my jacket. So I'm fiddling with my scarf and my jacket. I'm trying to get it zipped up. I'm fucking around with it and shit, right? Finally, I, I pry the goddamn scarf loose out of my jacket and I'm zipping it up, but I'm zipping it up in mid stride, right? So I got like this weird concentrated look on my face. I'm thinking about the scarf. I'm thinking about the jacket. I'm thinking about getting home to eat some Lucky Charms. And as I'm, I'm, I'm walking forward, I catch her glare, her glance, right? And I, I, like I said, I had this weird look of consternation or whatever on my face. I had a lot on my mind. Lucky charms, scarves, jackets. And she's like, she gave me this look and I gave her a look. And then she played the whole like um, awkward scenario. Scenario. She like, um, she paused right in front of the doorway. And it was just awkward. I didn't know what she was trying to like, is, a, is she too, obs- like is she... Is she feeling um, nervous to leave at the same time as me, as if I might follow her? Or is she pausing because she wants to communicate with me? It's all this strangeness that, to be honest, she was putting out there because like, I wasn't paying attention to her at all. I didn't care at all what she was doing. Like I said, I had no intention to talk to her. And to be honest, she was like mildly attractive. That's what annoyed me too. It's like, she was making it seem as she's like this fucking entree that I'm just like chomping at the bit for. And I'm like vaguely interested, like passe, you know? So then like, I'm just like, you know what? Ain't nothing going to break my style. Ain't nothing going to slow me down. So I just like walk past her, right? But here's the beauty of keeping an open heart. As I walk past her, right? Um, I had the chance to hold the door for this other young chicken. Oh my God. What a fucking... She had the most beautiful smile. She had this funky um, outfit on. She goes, oh, thanks. She shoots me this great smile, right? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And, um, you know, you got to keep those positive thoughts in your head. I tried not to get too carried away, but, you know, that racism shit, it's kind of deep-seated, you know, and... If it wasn't as if, um, if it wasn't like my, you know, if it wasn't like in the case with the lady, the sales wench who barged in on me, if it isn't one race afflicting another, sometimes it's within the races, like with this girl putting herself on a pedestal as if I'm watching her. But then, you know, you just got to kind of navigate your way through it and um, I guess just let it be, you know. In college, I was taking a dump on a toilet. And um, I'm sitting there in the bathroom stall, and I notice out of the corner of my eye these teeny little fingers, right? I'm like, what the fuck? And I, you know, I thought I could have been hallucinating. I used to go to school drunk and high all the time, right? But um, I look, and it's this little girl, this little white girl. She's peeking at me, right? She's peeking at me through, like, the little gap in the wall of the bathroom stall, right? So, you know, I kind of shift myself over... So that way she can't see any of my junk, right? Like, kind of awkward. Then I hear her. She's talking to her dad. She goes, um, Daddy. Daddy, there's a black man sitting there. Why is he sitting there? He's like a statue. <laughs> He's like a statue. You know, that's so cute, you know? It's like, how old prosaic. Like, um... That she, you know, he's like a statue. That's what she compared me to. And then um, her father goes, um, 
Um, well, honey, that's just what they do. And it's like, really? You couldn't just break it down for a matter of fact? Like, well, honey, he's taking a big steaming shit. He's taking a big steaming pile of shit like you're doing right now. Everybody shits. But now instead, this, this young girl, she's going to grow up to like have this idea that met black men hang out in bathroom stalls and just sit there like statues, apparently. You know? Is that, um, is that, um, is that what black men do? Hang out in bathroom stalls like statues? I don't know. I, well, I guess I was that day, so maybe I should just let it be. But yeah, happy Black History Month. I hope, um, I hope, uh, I don't know, hopefully I learned something. I, um, you know, I try to get involved um, every Black History Month, do a little bit of reading. When I was younger, I was a little bit more, um, when I was younger, like, you know, I don't know, like five years ago, um, I was a little more into um, issues of um, racial um, inequality and um, the black experience. But now I'm just trying to live and let live and um, just take it, take it as, you know, we're all people trying to make something out of this life, so calm the fuck down. Um, I was on. The, oh yeah, here's a little interesting thing as well. Um, if you, um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but if you're new to my podcast, it's a podcast just about my comedy, my life in Toronto, Canada, little this, little that. And one thing I love and I'm very grateful for is the library. I go to the library all the time, man. I go there to read books, walk around, look at people. And, um, you know, but there's like a very obvious divide in our society between the, between the poor and the rich. Just sum it up, you know what I mean? And libraries, like a lot of other socially open spaces in society, you know, like communal spaces, wherever people are making food, that's kind of communal, wherever, um, you know, there's um, resources that are, you know, free and open to the public, obviously a public space, or even getting more encroached upon, like just private businesses or just business in general, like, um, you see a lot of poor, mentally ill people just wandering around aimlessly, at different establishments, different places in town, man. Like, you go to the library these days and it's just like a fucking, it's like being in the fucking one flew over the cuckoo's nest or some shit, you know? Like, honestly, like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I wonder, like, I feel bad for librarians, man. They should have some sort of, like, post-traumatic stress disorder treatment or like some sort of psych clinical treatment that they have to go through in order to do that job like they got to deal with so much nonsense on the daily like um the library by my house like there's all sorts of fucking just escaped mental patients oh, 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 this library card doesn't work oh, like just yelling at the librarians and stuff the other day I was at um, 
the library there and I'm just standing next to the bathroom, right? Not even really next to the bathroom, like um, a few feet away from the bathroom, like just by happenstance. I'm standing there and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at something on my phone. There's like a lineup of people at the bathroom door, right? They're banging on the door, you know. Let us in. I gotta take a shit. Let us in. Right? And this one guy, you know, he opens, he flings open the door, right? He goes, hey, there's somebody in here. Slams the door again, right? Couple seconds go by, couple minutes, you know, and I'm still on my phone. He comes back out, he kicks the door open. Comes out, walks up to me. You know why? When somebody's in the bathroom, you should just let them be in the bathroom. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? It wasn't even me knocking on the door, you mental patient. He's like, oh, 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 okay, but, you know, it's just when somebody's in the bathroom, you should have the decency to let them be in the bathroom. I'm like, whatever. Like, cool, be in the bathroom. It had nothing to do with me. And he's like, okay. And he just, like, wandered off. I don't know if that's the most glaring example of, like, um, just mental dysfunction at a library. How about this one? Um, somebody pissed in a fucking recycle bin right next to me at the library. I'm sitting there and I'm reading a magazine. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see a cock. Now, I'm not too mil- familiar with cocks in general, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I know a cock when I see one. A flaccid penis. And um, I'm just like, what the fuck? Is that a dick? And I look... And I hear a woman scream. And um, there's this guy. He whipped out his cock and he's just like pissing in a fucking recycle bin. So, pissing in this fucking recycle bin. The librarian comes over. She's like, sir, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Right? And I'm like, yo, that's my cue. So I get up to leave, right? But before I do, um, the librarian, she's like, Sir, please help us. Uh, can, you put our, can you put your name on this list? We've, we've alerted the authorities, and we're going to have to do some inquiries. Oh, my God. Uh, please, sir, can you please bear witness? Bear witness, sir. And I'm like, all right. So I put my name on this list. And then, like, later that day, I get a phone call, right? It's like the Toronto Metro Police. They're like, hello, sir. Toronto Metro Police here. We understand you were witness to a public urination incident at the library. I'm like, yeah, this guy just whipped out his cock and started pissing in the recycle bin. It was atrocious. They're like, okay. Um, Date. I'm like, you know, so-and-so date, whatever date, time. Okay, sir, your name? I'm like, yeah, Jonathan Ramcharan. And they're like, okay, what? Jonathan Ramcharan? Turns out I had a ticket out for me for public urination. No big deal. I whipped my cock out in front of a cop and pissed on an ATM. I alluded to that in a previous episode. But, you know, it's like the kettle calling the kettle black, you know? Just, you know. But um, this is just the type of shit you see at a library, you know? Get your library cards out. Return that shit on time or you're going to get a late fee. And um, I guess just what I learned from that experience was just how to be, like, um, a little bit more... Humble and understanding. People go through things in life, you know. I mean, granted, my pissing was outside and it wasn't as confined as a library, but you know, it's still public urination. You know, gotta have a little bit of humility. And uh, 
Yeah, though, it is dangerous in those libraries, though, man. Like, like I say, like, there's a drug epidemic, there's a poverty em- epidemic. And uh, I don't like that word. It just incites pandemonium. But, like, there's obviously some shit going on. I remember another time I'm at the library, and these fucking, they were drug addicts. I don't know what they were on, but they were, like, obviously high as fuck. A girl and a guy, right? They're like, fuck you! Fuck you! She's throwing books everywhere and shit. The guy's like, who wants something? You want something? You want something? And everyone's like, oh, 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 stop it. You're disrupting the library. You're disrupting the library. He's like, fuck y'all, all y'all. And she's like, yeah, fuck you, all you. And they're throwing books and DVDs around and shit. And this one guy, he tries to play tough with his child, right? This one guy, he had his son with him. And he, like, walks up to the fucking drug addicts, right? And he's like, sir, you need to calm down. And the drug, the drug addict just hauled off and punched him. Just right in the face, punched this guy right in the face in front of his child, right? The kid starts screaming. I'm like, oh my God. So look, I at a distance, I put my hands up. I'm like, hey, you guys got to calm down. You can't be doing this shit. Like enough's enough, just leave. And the one drug addict, he turns to me and he goes, I'll fucking stab you. I'll fucking stab you, bro. And the fucking security guard the whole time, he's just standing there with a fucking stupid grin on his face. He didn't do anything. That's what a security guard is. It's a useless waste of space. Generally speaking, they don't do anything. The guy didn't even get on the phone to call the cops or nothing. He just stood there with a stupid, disembodied look on his face. And um, these crackheads, they, like I said, they threw some pamphlets and leaflets and books and fucking um, bookmarks on the floor. Then um, they assaulted another woman and then they fled into the night. You know? That's like the type of people that seem to hang out at libraries these days. I was at the library on this, this past weekend and there was an overdose. There was like an EMS, emergency medical services stretcher at the library. I couldn't even look. I'm like, you know, I got to keep the positivity. I got to keep the faith. I can't even stop to crane my, crane my neck to see a dead person or like a ODing person. I just got to get out of here, right? And, um, you know, I said a prayer for the person, you know, like, that's terrifying to have a, whatever the situation was, to be ill, to be in some sort of a a medical state in public, like, oh, getting strapped to a stretcher. So, um, that's the library experience for you. Just a lot of, um, a lot of fucking misfortune you see in these libraries. That's why I got to always make sure to maintain my faith to, um, keep an open heart, keep an open mind or else like I get bogged down with the totality of, um, racial tensions, drug addictions, poverty, all these issues you see in society, man. And, you know, I hope this going forward, this Black History Month, I don't know, to try to be just like a a better black man to my community, a better human being in general. Try, anyway. So, 
let me get out of here on a funny note. That would be a, a fucking um, enchanting way to end a podcast, a comedy podcast, right? A couple chuckles, a couple snuffles. Um, <laughs> I'm getting some business cards made up for the podcast, right? And um, this brought me back to, like, as a performer, you, um, you got to fucking go out there and rub elbows, network, shake hands, do all that fucking hullabaloo. And um, there was this, um, this college um, peer of mine. I bumped into her a few years ago um, in Toronto, Canada. I had known her from Edmonton, Alberta. And we had both moved to Toronto to pursue acting work. And she plays the fucking industry game on me. And it's really just my own insecurity, I guess. But um, she's like, oh, take my business card. And she whips out a business card. She hands it to me, right? <laughs> and it had her picture on it, you know, to like, you know, I guess, I don't know, market herself. And I'm like, uh, I took her business card. I wrote my number on it and I gave it back to her. <laughs> And I always felt kind of guilty about that, you know, and now as a, now as a, um, as a person with like, um, a business card in the mail, Vistaprint, by the way, great deal, 500 business cards for uh, 3121 or whatever. And, um, I feel like I got some karma coming my way with that business card, you know, someone's gonna, you know, fucking, um, I don't know, piss on it or throw it in the garbage or some shit. But, you know, that's karma at work. I got to have faith that, um, you know, it'll be a good endeavor anyway. But sometimes my mind goes back to that time because it was such a mean thing I did. I don't know why I did that. It wasn't like I, in hindsight, I was just trying to be funny. But I don't know. Just, you know, she must hate me for it. <laughs> I haven't talked to her in years, but um, I don't know. Maybe she'll forgive me. Maybe I can learn to forgive myself. Ah, shit. That wasn't too funny either. That was just like a weird reminiscing from the past. Um, what is funny? It's got to be something funny, for God's sakes. I am a comedian. should probably do something funny. Um, mm. Oh, well... <laughs> So, yo, I'm sick of my gay neighbors. <laughs> sick of my fucking gay neighbors, you know what I mean? Like, um, the other day I was in a rush to go to work, right? And um, I, I come out of my, uh, you know, I'm walking around in my apartment. I'm, I'm racing around to get shit done and uh, before work. And I, I, I race out. I'm in my boxers. And I'm like, oh, shit, I need to eat something real quick, right? So I grab a banana. And I'm, I'm, I'm horking down this banana in my boxers in front of the window, right? And I look out the window, there's the gay neighbors, right? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes. And I run around the corner in my apartment. And now I'm, I'm standing by the bathroom. I'm eating a banana in my boxer, staring at a toilet. I'm like, this needs to stop. I'm sick of my fucking gay neighbors. They're always like peering at me through the window and like trying to be cute and coy. And they're in real good shape themselves. They work out. And they're always like loitering around and trying to get my attention and shit. And, um, you know, I just... <laughs> The idea that, like, you know, <laughs> me eating a banana in my boxers, you know, sent me running for the hills. Oh, am I groveling now? I just woke up. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. How funny can I possibly be at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know? 
I farted in front of the uh, the computer, but that was like earlier, not not on not on microphone. That was just disgusting, you know. Is disgusting funny? I guess so. I'll take it. You guys find that funny? Sometimes, um, I don't want to go into a fart joke tirade. You guys want to hear some fart impersonations, though? Oh, here's a fucking joke. <laughs> no, that's an old street joke, and it's just vulgar. I don't want to do it. Um, but, um, I don't know. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be black. I'm grateful to be a mediocre comic at best. I'm grateful to be, um, you know, just alive and well celebrating Black History Month. Um, go out there and kiss a black man, you know what I mean? This is the time of the month where, um, you know, we should capitalize as a black culture on um, the pussy we can get for, from, from black or white guilt, you know? Send it this way. Send us the love. Anyways, it's your old chuckle buddy, Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on January, February 5th, 2018, February 8th, fuck, oh, I gotta have faith, 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 baby, I know how to touch your body, I know that everybody has got a body like me, but I need some time off from that emotion. Time to pick my cock up off the floor before this river becomes an ocean. I'm looking for something more, cause I gotta have faith, 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 baby. You know I don't care about gays, I love everybody each and every day. Ooh. I gotta have faith, man. See, the faith came back. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling grateful. Feeling funny. Yeah, baby, I'm back. I'm funny. I'm alive. I'm black. Thank you very much for tuning in to Jonathan Ramtran and the podcast. Hit me up at jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Kiss a black man, fuck a gay man, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much.